Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, March 3rd. And, you know, I always hated the month of March. I got to tell you. I don't know why. I, I think that basically it's sort of not really the winter's not over, at least here in the Northeast. And spring seems really far away. And there's no holidays in March, except, of course, St. Patrick's Day. Not a day that I love to be a New Yorker, I must say. Anyway, I hope you're having a good March so far, at least in these early days. I guess there's March Madness, but I really kind of, I don't know. Mark, are you still into March Madness or not so much? You don't care, do you? Yeah, Mark's not into March Madness, but we got hockey at least. Anyway, let us get on with this program. We are trying to take the mystery out of your financial life, and we're trying to do this in a way that is accessible to you, okay? So if you have a lot of money, if you have no money, it does not matter to us. We just want to help guide you through the financial decisions that are just coming, flying at you like crazy, all right? And so to do that, what we ask is that you send us an email with your question. And that email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you've noticed lately, we have more and more of you join us on the program. So when you are sending us your questions, say, hey, I want to come on the program with you. That is what Susie did. She is uh, in the midst of leaving a very high cost area of the United States and moving to a low cost one. Susie, what can we do? Welcome to the show. What's going on for you? So my main questions, I'd love to kind of just run through our numbers with you because I haven't been able to do that with anybody before. So I'd love to take the opportunity to do that and then also talk through a few questions on your opinion for house hunting, um, especially when you have Perhaps some high student debts um, and just what your approach is there and your strategies around that. Great. Susie, how old are you? So I'm 28. Okay. Married, single. What do you got? Married. Okay. Spouse, how old? 27. 
27. Okay. And what do you guys do for a living? So my husband is finishing up residency. Um, He's in the medical field. So he is finishing his training this year and then will be joining a practice soon. Great. And are you also in the medical profession? I am definitely not. (laughs) Um, I am working on a computer all day over in the tech world. Okay. And how much do you earn right now? So right now, um, this year I should make around 210. Mm, Very nice lady. Okay. So your husband's in residency right now, which means he's not making that much money. So first of all, what's, what's he earning for the end of this residency? So he did last year, we just got his uh, W2 and he came in with 85,000. What about when um, he becomes a board certified physician? What do you expect his income will be at that point? Definitely will vary and intended to grow year over year. Um, He's guaranteed going into his new role around 220. Okay. Now let's keep going. Are you using a 401k at work? Yes, definitely. So I love all the retirement accounts. Um, I learned about them right when I graduated college, um, which I'm thankful for. Read some books. And so I tried to contribute as much as I could. Um, And now my goal is to max all of those that are available to me. I do do the 401k. I max that. And my employer also matches half of it. So Half of uh, it? Wait, half of the whole thing or half up to a percentage? So it's uh, the max is 19,500. They'll pitch in 50% of that. um, So 9,750. Holy crap. That's awesome. Yes. Don't leave that job. Never. (laughs) Oh my Um, God. That's amazing. Okay. What else are you doing? I have HSA as well. So Mm -hmm. I was able to turn that into a family account when we got married last year. So the max there is also higher. Plan to max that out this year as well. Great. Um, Those are your two things that your your core things, your pre-tax, or um, did you choose a Roth option for your 401k? 401k, I still have it in traditional. I think it would maybe make sense to switch it to Roth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, soon. before, but yeah, before, like definitely for this year, because okay. this year is it going to be, is husband going to have basically, when do you finish your residency? Isn't it the summer usually? Yep. Uh, end of June. So he's going to have half a year as a resident, then half yep. a year. And so, yeah, for definitely for this year, I would say Roth. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. What about him? Is he does he have a retirement account? So we both also have Roth IRAs. Um, okay. If there's extra funds this year, um, we I would love to. We also have the Mega Backdoor Roth IRA, the mm-hmm. Roth and Plan Conversion or yep um, option there. So you can, I could contribute another twenty eight thousand seven fifty. Wow. He's going into a practice that. Uh, they have a simple IRA option, which I know is mm-hmm. not ideal. We'd love to do all of those. Those are our money goals in terms of retirement. You for... don't have any kids yet, right? No, not okay. yet. Just ballpark it for me. How much money yep. in retirement assets right now? So it looks like we have about 220 Great. In retirement. You said that you're moving from a high cost area to a lower cost one after residency. So what does that mean for you guys? I mean, do you have money that's set aside for A, the move and B, does that mean if it's a lower cost area, you're going to buy something? What are you thinking? 
We have been saving, definitely, um, cash-wise. Right now in cash accounts for emergency fund, we have that in an, a high-yield savings account. Emergency fund, we have about 25K. It could be higher, but for us, we feel comfortable with that since we do still have family in case we needed to. Um, we're moving back towards our family. Oh. Um, so if they're all in the area that we're moving. So if, if need be, um, we have them to fall back on. So 25K felt good for us. You're renting now. What's the current rent that you're paying through the end of residency for a few more months at least? 3000 a month. And that's been no problem just carrying that between your salary and his um, residency salary? Yeah. Okay. That's totally fine. When you move to this new lower cost area, do you, I mean, do you want to rent first? I mean, I usually look, I always say to people, rent first, see where you yeah. stand, see where you land, see what's going on. Get, I mean, mm -hmm. but you're from there. So maybe you mm -hmm. have something in mind. I'm just, have you been thinking about real estate as an investment, you know, buying a, a home there? Yes. So much so that we put in an offer yesterday. That what? <laughs> Bury the lead. So we have about 101000 in cash. Mm -hmm. That's what we've been saving with the intention to buy. How much of a home do we, are we buying? What's the offer? So the one that we put in yesterday is around 430. You put down the hundred or whatever, you'll put down 80 or 90 grand, you'll finance the rest. It's fine. The payments are going to look good. What am I missing here? I know it's missing. Other debt, because I already know this. I read your email. So now okay. tell me about, let's talk about the elephant in the room, my friend. <laughs> let's do that. So there's medical school debt. Mm -hmm. um, that is the elephant in the room. Um, so I didn't carry any um, student debt. So we're good there. Mm -hmm. um, my husband has about 34K left in undergrad student debt. Mm -hmm. And then uh, medical school debt is around 489000 Susie heard Mark groan, but let me just give the the theater of the mind. She says four eighty nine, and Mark goes, <laughs> The price you pay. What's the interest rate on the four eighty nine? So it's typically around 6%, but it's all paused. Um, so it's yeah. at zero. So we haven't been putting, we were planning to start paying it off this year, putting the required amount towards it, but it's at 0% right now. So thankfully that's paused and we've been able to save that cash instead. Okay. Um, so total debt is 523. How do you carry that? Like you sound very straight arrow, like I'm banging it away. I'm putting money away. Like how does it feel to have that massive half a million dollars of debt hanging out there? You know, I, I don't feel bad about it since we talk about money all the time and it's always been a conversation for us. It was never a surprise. We've been together for a long time. I know he has feelings about it. I'm sure more so than me. I know he felt guilt about it and bringing it up for the first time when we did talk about that. But we know that there's other folks that are in the same situation. There's other folks that have had higher medical school debt and they've been able to conquer it. And as long as you have a plan, we think that we can definitely tackle it. It's it's not something that's, it's not freaking us out. It's unfortunate 
But yeah, like you should have married someone with money, dum dum. That's that's the lesson here that you really screwed yourself on this. I'm no. just kidding. I know you're in love. So, so in in some respects, as I sort of piece together the whole the Susie and husband's move from high cost to low cost. Thank God you're moving to a low cost area. You know, it looks to me like you're doing everything you should be doing. And I would, like I said, I would do the Roth this year. But as soon as he starts making a crap ton of money. Yeah, fine. Put his simple IRA money away. But then the number one thing he does with all that extra money is to eradicate that debt. That is it to me. 6% is not nothing. A guarantee of 6% in this day and age is pretty damn good. So I think that the real focus should be as quickly as possible, pay that crap down. You keep bearing the load of like, let me do retirement. Let me put it away. But since he doesn't even have such an easy way to save for retirement, you've done a great job. I wouldn't go crazy. I would be careful not to overfund retirement and have that 6% note sticking around your necks for too much longer. A lot of the folks that I speak to in medicine are like, well, it's not that big a deal. And I can earn more with my money in my retirement account than I can by paying off my medical school debt. That's maybe true for the last two years, but not over the long term. I'd be happy if you paid it off in 10 years. Maybe it'll be sooner. Over a 10-year period, it's hard to make an after-tax return of 6%. That's That's just the deal. And we're coming off a very high growth period of stocks and investments over the last 10 years. So if I'm looking at the next 10 years, I'd be very happy if I earned a net of 6% with zero risk. Right now, with zero risk, you know what you can earn? 1%. That's it. There's no risk in paying this off. So I want to be careful to say that you, of course, should get us back on the line if he's been offered a way to buy into the practice, because that would be a competing financial goal. Let me just fast forward. It's three years from now. You're pregnant and um, you got, you know, the baby's going to be born and you're like, okay, I want to start saving a whole bunch of money in college. No, you want to pay this loan off first. I mean, besides that, what other questions can we answer for you in this moment? So this is the third house that we've put in an offer. People are coming in with all cash and let's say we don't get the house that we just Mm -hmm. put an offer in. Taking a step back, what is your opinion on us buying a house in the financial situation we're in right now? Normally, I would be like, there's no way you're buying a house. But and there's a big caveat here. Um, number one, you know the area where you're moving, which is huge. It's a very big difference because, you know, you're moving back to a place where you're familiar with neighborhoods and you don't have to, you know, th- there's not going to be an issue. That's a big piece of it. Two. You have a situation income-wise that is really, in a weird way, it's very stable. It does not seem to be a problem. Look, for me, like talk about Jill and Mark as like very boring and risk-averse people. I think that we personally would be like, I couldn't deal with that because it would freak me out. But if I'm objective, you should be okay, even with a half a million dollars of debt, because if you can manage it emotionally, the numbers will probably work out okay. And I also just want to caution you is that, you know, if you find a place that you love in terms of a house and you're like, I don't want to get into a bidding war, but like you're there and you can still afford it. In other words, you put an offer in for 430, but it really takes 450 to close the deal, then close the deal. Yeah. 
You know, That's don't actually, forget, think of, money yeah. is very cheap right now. If you are comfortable carrying this and you feel okay, and that's why I asked that question about how do you feel about your debt? I think that that is really, I think that's important for you guys. That's that's what I can say. All right. And I don't want you to get yourselves too nutty and, um, you know, you should be, you should be in great shape. One last question. I know you love liquidity. If we do get the house um, in terms of down payments, in my mind, I don't want to put in an offer for a house unless I know we have 20%. Like that's kind of yeah the my mindset. But having the 20% versus putting the 20% down is different to me. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it's a good idea to take instead like 5, 10, 15% instead to keep that liquidity? If you wanted to, you can rebuild your liquidity pretty quickly. That's number one. I don't think that that's the big problem, you know, and, and I don't want to stand on ceremony with some of the hard and fast rules because I can sound like a little bit of a scold when I do that. This is one of the reasons why I like when people actually come on the air with us, because essentially the details of your financial situation allow you a little bit of flexibility just because you're both making a lot of you or he will be and you do make a lot of money. I mean, I think that you can take certain amount of risks. So, I mean, yes, do I love liquidity? Sure. Just because I think the world's always coming to a, an end because I'm a paranoid Jew, you know, but but besides that, you know, you, I, I think that you guys can replenish the liquidity pretty quickly. And look, you know, you can always, if you really wanted to, you know, you, you're going to say at the second half of the year, you're making a decision about the mega backdoor Roth. If you feel uncomfortable about your position and your liquidity, don't do that then replenish your cash reserves and be done with it. Okay. All right. Everything oh, else is good. You feel good? It's like a session. It's like a freaking therapy session. Oh my gosh. I could do this all day. I love it. I think you're in good shape. I do. And I think, like I said, I don't, you know, oftentimes when we talk to folks, I am always struck by, you know, the feeling around this, which is more sometimes more of the issues than the numbers. I think you're in very good shape. I really do. It's just going to be you know, the first 10 years are going to suck a little bit because of the debt. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Thanks so much, Dylan, Mark. This was the highlight of my week. Well, that was a chock full of a great conversation. If you would like to have a chock full of a great conversation, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is shoot us a note. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. If you're on our website, JillOnMoney.com, you can click the contact button. Tell us you want to come on the air with us. This week, Mark just hiccuped in the background, which I'm laughing at. This week, um, our it's basically been residency week. Maybe we should go to a different field. Or maybe if you're a resident and you're listening and you have other questions, give us a shout. It's just kind of fun. I don't know. Did you mean that to happen, Mark, or did it just happen naturally? Not planned. He says it was just organic. So we'll move along and uh, take any calls from doctors, residents, spouses of such. It's funny, though, Mark, in both cases, on today's and on Mondays, it was the spouse of the resident who was the contact person. So I love that. Okay, as always, make these people's lives much better. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and how about putting your hands metaphorically on someone's back? Hey, don't forget, grit, growth, grace. That's our mantra. Well, that's my mantra for 2021. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.